This program is a proud member of Univaz. Unified, unique, voices. Learn more at univazpods.net. Hello, my name's Patrick, and I'm a Scream Queen. I'm a Scream Queen, and so are you! <laughs> again my beautiful screamers and welcome 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 to yet another episode of scream queens the podcast where horror gets gay tonight it's day i don't know six of the countdown to halloween potathon supporting new alternatives helping lgbt youth and tonight we're joined by vanessa from the vd clinic podcast and Terry from the Gaily Dreadful blog. And we are going off to Jolly Old England, right? We're going off to Jolly Old England to talk about the 1978 movie, The Legacy. But before we do, we need to have a little chat. Um, yeah, so there's still problems with the feed. I, we now know what the problem is. I just don't know how to fix it. Yeah, this isn't going out over iTunes at all. None of these episodes have gone out. And it's, we can't seem to access the iTunes feed itself to find out what the problem is. So... I am extremely disheartened, depression has kicked in, and on top of it, I'm starting to get sick. So, oh boy, all this feels like a huge disaster right now, and it's hard to be sitting here doing this, but I need to do this, because these kids still need help, and I'm sure I'll figure, it, figure out a way to salvage everything and make up for some of our losses that we're, we're growing here, because I'm, I'm looking at the downloads, and they're minuscule, like 10 people? Downloaded yesterday's episode? That's unheard of. Something's wrong, but still, we still need donations. We still need donations to help these kids that are in a heck of a lot of trouble, and you can do that by heading over to bit.ly slash sqpodna. That will take you directly to the special classy.org new alternatives donation site. You can donate there, or if you prefer to donate on Facebook, you can go to bit.ly slash FB, SQPod, Facebook, Scream Queens, Potathon. And if you would like to purchase some commemorative merch for the Potathon, get the exclusive Spooky Smoochy t-shirt from which the proceeds, all sales, uh, all sales proceeds will go directly to alternatives. You go to bit.ly slash Spooky Smooch. Of course, 40 being the magic number here, 40% of the teenage homeless population identifies as LGBT. So if you donate $40 or more, we're turning that bad 40 into a good 40. $40 or more, you get an exclusive Scream Queens stick, um, not sticker, a magnet with the Scream Queens logo. Cute, fabulous, excellent. If you donate $100 or more, you get that spooky smoo- smoochy teacher for free as a thank you from me for your generosity. Of course, there's lots of letters and numbers and links and stuff. They're all right there in the show notes. Get it, got it good. Okay, let's bring on Vanessa and Terry and Catherine Ross and Samuel Ed's mustache and let's see who's going to inherit the legacy. Let's take a listen to the trailer. (laughs) 
Jason Mountolive is a man with many friends. Jason will give you such wealth. To each he has given anything. He will fulfill every whim. And everything. Every fancy. They've ever desired. Every dream. Trust Jason. Now they've been reunited for one last time. Each to receive one last gift. The legacy. When he calls us, we come. Ah, it's me! It's me! I'm the one! To you, I bequeath my power, my knowledge, and my estate. Who is it? Six have come to claim his inheritance. Five discover the lifeless body. Four watch in horror as another dies. Then there were three. Then two. But only one can receive the legacy. Catherine Ross. Sam Elliott. And Roger Daltrey. The legacy. A birthright of living death. You know, on a cold, rainy night like tonight, the last thing I want to do is be rattling around some spooky old British mansion by myself. So fortunately, I have not one, but two superfluously fabulous guests here with me. He is the creator of the blog Gaily Dreadful, and she is one of the hosts of the VD Clinic. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and by GNCs, wherever you may be, put your hands together for Terry Menard and Vanessa McEnery. Hi. <laughs> Hello from Sam Elliott's shower. Oh, what a wonderful place to be. Careful of the broken glass, though. There's so much broken glass. I know. Well, well, you know, what's her name? In the, I can't even think of her name. The Eurythmics lady made it sound so much fun in that song. I'm walking on, walking on, broken glass. But it's really not in real life. No. Lennox. Yes. So, hi. Welcome to the show, you guys. And welcome, Terry, for the very first time. Thanks for having me. I'm happy My to be pleasure. here. My pleasure. And Terry, by the way, by the way, everybody, Terry is still at this point the reigning scream queen of the week. <laughs> so everybody bow down to him. <laughs> His reign is eternal. Nobody has replaced you yet with your awesomeness. <laughs> well, that that's awesome. That's awesome to hear. So since we're talking about you, Terry, why don't you tell everybody about yourself and what goes on over at this gaily dreadful blog that I have already gone on at length about, but refresh their memories. <laughs> sure. Um, I'm Terry. And uh, about a year ago, I created uh, the website Gaily Dreadful. And my hope was that it would one day be a one stop shop for all things gay and dreadful and sometimes gaily dreadful. Um, I'm hoping to promote uh, queer voices. And uh, this year, um, it, last year it was mostly just about myself. But this year, I'm hoping to pull in a bunch of other LGBTQ writers and uh, promote their voices and make sure that they're heard in the genre. Excellent. That's awesome. I, I, I love your blog. I already told you that. I'm addicted to your blog. I think it's fabulous. Thank I think you. the work you're doing is incredible. Oh, and the people you, you found to write for you are also incredible. I appreciate it. That's, that's oh, good. You're very hear. welcome because normally blogs, I'm like, <clears throat> but no, your stuff is great. It's biting. It's got such meat to it. I love it. I love it. And Vanessa, hey, what's going on over at VD Clinic? Well, we've gotten our annual shots and our checkup, and um, yeah, we're, everything's good. <laughs> no, seriously. Um, no, ever. Podcast guaranteed not to give you HPV. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> you can't see me, but I'm doing two magic thumbs up to that. But 
Um, we're actually getting ready to, well, we've released, I don't know, we're probably halfway through our second year. And yeah, it's uh, myself and Darren Wilson. And, you know, we cover a book and a movie with a, our writing, because we're doing short stories sometimes here and there. But uh, like for October, we're doing uh, Clive Barker short stories. So Nice. Yeah. They're but, juicy. Um, yeah. Just to, and then in my horror podcast, Devour the Podcast, um, it ended after several years. But Aww. yeah. Rest in Just peace, had Devour. run its course. It's okay. It happens. <laughs> These things happen. Yeah. But I'm, I'm happy to be here again. Yes. Yes. And we're actually going to do it this time. This is our second attempt. Technology was against us last time. So. <laughs> True, true. And no, no, I have we... I have to say in advance, I'm very excited to be talking about this movie that um, partially scarred me in my childhood. So. Thank you. Me too. Me too. Now, the this movie is... that we are talking about is a little movie from 1978 called The Legacy. So, Terry, since you're yes. new to the show, I have a little job for you. Uh-oh. It is your job. Nay, dare I say, it is your duty, your duty with a liquid you. <laughs> To give me a nice, tight, 30-second, back-of-the-DVD plot summary of the legacy. Like, pitch me the basic plot. Done the details, but sell me the story. You have 30 seconds. The clock starts now. Oh, my gosh. A millionaire, a million-dollar prostitute, a star maker, a nation killer, and a woman whose lust is as cold as the graveyard snow. Five of the most powerful people in the world. And then there's Maggie, played by Catherine Ross, making six. She is an architect that gets a call and ends up coming to this manor in England where they are gathering in an ancient mansion to inherit the legacy of, according to IMDb, bloodsome horror, whatever was, that means. Uh, time is up. Well done. I was going to say, good reading the IMDb description. Oh, really? Oh, oh, oh. I'm not above it. Terry, oh. I'm not above it, but I'm I laughing. Take, oh, I take back your title right now. You are stripped of your crown. No. Well, so how do I die? Am I, am I Only in one person or? before has ever done that, and that's Michael Howie, and he's from Canada and doesn't know any better. <laughs> uh, you put me on the spot. Yeah. I couldn't help it. Okay. Okay. We'll let it slide this time. I added some time. embellishes. Okay. That's uh, true. The, you did. The ums and the uhs, and there was a panic to your voice, even though you were reading it. That was fun. <laughs> <laughs> and that is, in fact, I what wanted I live for it. and I what in- I crave. I wasn't, I wasn't counting it. on it. You were selling yeah. it more than the IMDb description was. <laughs> you did. I just love that, that it's bloodsome horror. I don't even know what that means. Bloodsome. I don't know what that. Well, then again, the leg, the, tie, the tagline for it doesn't really make sense either. It's I forget what it is, like a legacy of living horror. I'm like, mm, what? no. Yeah. I don't really understand that either, but whatever. Anyway. What I, things I learned this time, I did not know that this was, uh, oh gosh, now I can't find my goddamn notes. This, the director, Richard Marquand. Yeah. Also directed Return of the Jedi. Yep. It's true. I did not know that. And Jagged Edge. And Jagged the, Edge. Yeah, two great movies. I had no idea. Normally these people kind of disappear into the, into the void. And I realized watching it this time, even though there's some gruesome scenes in this, this is a decent movie to watch with your friends or family members who are not super duper horror fans. Well, like I just rewatched it again in preparation for this recording <laughs> um, with my mother, who's in town right now, and she's not a real horror fan, but she, you know, she's seen things here and there, mm-hmm. and she was fine with with most of it. There was like only one thing where she's like, "Okay, that's a little, you know, too much blood for me," but she 
you know, it's it's not even that much, and that lasts for five seconds. I remember seeing this on TV as a kid with my dad, and then rewatching it years later. I don't think much, if anything, was censored from it. I mean, there wasn't really language. No, there's not. There's no nudity. No, there's a nice butt shot. Yeah, well, okay, take I I take beg it back. to differ. Beg to differ. There is some much, 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 which should never be censored nudity. Thank you very much. Well, you know, it's it's funny that you. I'm sorry, I, I forgot about that. I I, I blocked that. As you would, mind. as you would, lesbian. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's funny that you bring up the nudity though, because uh, when when you reached out to me talking about this movie and you said that it was very um, important in your in your gay childhood, and I was like, oh, why is this? Does this have like some gay undertones? And I was like. Oh, there's a nice butt. There's some really good nudity right there. Wasn't it just is, the butt. It wasn't just the butt. It was just that, like, Sam Elliott is like your. Uh, he was the Marlboro Man. He's like your total '70s oh, stud no. icon walking, and he's just in the shower with all the hair and the lathering, and then more lathering, mm. and then the other side lathering. When I realized Patrick likes the scene in a different way that other people like this scene, because he's rewound it 14 times and he doesn't really know why. And I get that because aesthetically, like that was that image of masculinity and it's a very specific image Mm -hmm. and it's a very iconic kind of image of masculinity and from an aesthetic point of view and no and i totally appreciate that but it's not my i don't know I also noticed was noticing that Catherine Ross is like pretty flat chested. (laughs) she is pretty flat chested. the other thing i noted about her this time around i'm going her fashion in this is effortless Okay. Except for Speak- that last gown. Except for that last gown that she wears for the last third of the movie. All mm-hmm. of her outfits, I'm like, she, she looks like she just threw that on and looks fabulous. Exactly. Exactly. It's true. But here's the funny and thing. And timeless. That, that last gown she has on, I made myself a dress almost exactly like that when I was in college. So you're evil is what you're saying. And I had long, like, brown, straight hair at the time. So yeah. uh-huh. did you inherit the legacy? Is that what you're telling us? I can neither confirm nor deny that. <laughs> Just well, Jason. I hope that my ring's in the mail. No, yeah. <laughs> Don't put it on. Don't put it on. A classic <laughs> movie, you never get it off. My mother was screaming that at the TV. Don't put that ring on. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody knows what we're talking about. Okay, so, yeah, so the legacy story of this woman, uh, an architect named Maggie Walsh, and the moral of the story is never trust a Walsh. <laughs> I wondered if you were going to make that remark. Of course I am. Of course I have. never, <laughs> ever trust a Walsh. She changed her name, I've realized this time. There's something else I picked up this time. She screams at one point, my real family name is Walshingham. Mm-hmm. So she knew. <laughs> so she knew this whole time that this was true. But uh, anyway, she gets this job out of the blue from some client that she's never worked with or heard of in England to do some massive amount of work for a massive amount of money. No questions asked, no resources. It's like, here's some money, come. I talked to the company in London, and they want us for the job. They want us there on the 22nd. What about the job? What job? I mean, uh, did they say what we're going to be building? I don't know. They said what they said in the letter. An interior design. And that we come highly recommended. Highly recommended. By who? I don't know. They didn't say. We get an offer for a job from somebody we don't even know. They won't tell us anything about what it is we're going to be building. They give us an advance for $50,000. And they didn't say anything. They said to be there on the 22nd. It's 10 days till then. Let's go over and enjoy it. 
Honey, when I know what it is we're going to be doing, then maybe I'll enjoy it. And she's like, oh, okay, check's good, I'm going. And her boyfriend, Sam Elliott, tags along. And Sam Elliott is here to be negative Nancy at every possible opportunity. It's true. He he really is the uh, the person that's a naysayer the entire time. He mm-hmm. and he the entire time he's just like trying to stop her from from doing this and trying to pull her away. And yeah, for sure. But what's even funnier? No. It's, like it does, it's not even. Sorry, you go, I Vanessa. Di- I'm sorry. I disagree. I thought that for so many times I watched this movie, but now this rewatching it this last time for this recording, <laughs> rather than you know. Uh, when our we previously tried to record in that watching mm. um, and whatever other times I had seen it before, I realized there is a point, though, after the ring put is put on her finger, she becomes the naysayer. And he becomes the one who's like, oh, it's okay. Don't worry about it. It's not that bad. And he's – and it's this weird sh- flip. And then, it, yes, it does go back, you know – where he becomes the skeptic again, but then you realize that's partly why it's spoiler so much easier for him to join her in the end. Yeah. Well, because just, yeah. he's gone through some of this change and acceptance in his own way, even subconsciously. It's true. It's, it's a deeper way of putting it. what I was going to say. I just noticed, though, it was like if she said up, he said down. If she said down, he, she said up. And it wasn't always negative. It was just always this contrast between mm-hmm. them. And he was even sometimes doing it in a positive way. Sometimes he was just doing it to calm her down, even though, like, in those scenes later on, he's going, no, 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 there's nothing going on. But he can see his brain going, there is something going on, but I'm going to figure it out. Anyway, so they go off to England, and they're having a lovely, lovely jaunt around England to the scary, scary sounds of the music of Kiki D. They repurposed that song so many times in this movie. That is it such, is ridiculous. It's such a 70s soundtrack trope. It is. And the thing is, Kiki D, you know, if people only know her from Elton John and this song, Kiki D used to rock. I got the music in me, fucking tears the house down. She can rock. And this is such 70s light bullshit. Although the lyrics are the plot of the movie. Oh my gosh, they are. You're right. You're right. She's like, I'm finding out who I'm really going to be, and you're going to have to deal with the other side of me. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Even love that never so grows sunshine cold. and happy, but I'm really evil now. Well, you know, what's in, what, what I found interesting about this song choice and oh, yeah. uh, the whole opening is that it feels like a sitcom. Like the, the images of them walking around the town, lounging about. Like I was expecting this to be like the, the start a, of a sitcom. Or a rom-com. Yeah. Absolutely. It absolutely, it's not, I noted this time, it's not until they step foot into the manor, into Ravenshurst Manor, that the soundtrack mm-hmm. changes to something yeah. suspenseful. That's, and that's it never true. goes back. Except when yes. they go on that, never mind, we'll talk about that later. That seems <laughs> awful. <laughs> oh, I have something to say about that. We're on horseback for like 25 minutes. And oh then we're chasing God. around in a car for 25 minutes. To the sound Speaking of, of all that Kiki D repurposed music. <laughs> yes. And then the driving. Oh my God. 
he's the driving. Uh, 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 I mean, the, I, I enjoy the movie for what it is, but man, it is at a 70s pace. Yeah, it really is. I mean, this was uh, the first uh, time that I've seen this movie. Uh, first, well, I guess oh. three times because I've watched it three times down in the oh. last month and a yeah, half. Yeah, I know. I know. Me too. Me too. <laughs> I've seen yeah, it a million too. times now. It's a million and seven. <laughs> <laughs> but but um, yeah, I was I was surprised at, at how jaunty the music is for like the opening number. And then it's a good point that you bring up. I didn't even realize that the music changes and then. When they escape the house again it's, briefly, it's, it goes back. It's, it's literally when they set foot in the house. Yeah, it's that the soundtrack yeah. changes, which is cool. So anyway, what happens is they get into an accident with this limousine, and well, why don't you guys tell me what's happening? What they get into an accident and what happens? Who hit them? What 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 happens? Are they dead? What happened? Well, well they're knocked off their motorcycle and and they have a minor accident, but they're being told by this rich guy with whatever chauffeur, oh. We'll take you to our place for tea, and so in sit Reg in his garage, they'll repair your bike. Why don't you both come back to my house? It's not very far. You can relax there, and we can sort out your ghastly transport problem. Just leave this land here for somebody else to haul off? Oh, my dear chap, the bike will be perfectly all right, I assure you. This is New York, you know. We'll be all right. Oh, no. I couldn't leave you stranded here. Why don't you come back to my house for some tea? Well, surely you could stop for tea. In England, everything stops with tea. But, you know, it's just, <laughs> it's just, it, once you get to that manor, you know that it's been like, no, <laughs> no, go away now, leave, don't stay for tea. <laughs> I don't know what you you're talking know. about. It seems perfectly hospitable to me. What I like about this is that the manor itself is huge and gorgeous and gothic and yes. kind of creepy. It's not horrific and dark and gloomy. No, it's not. It's actually but, really quite lovely, and this is why I was going to say, like, if, you ha- if you're a Downton Abbey fan, you might get a kick out of this one. Just the locations yeah. alone. I could, I could definitely see that. It has a beautiful pool, by the way. Oh, my God. And apparently that pool is on location in that manner where they shot it. So, I, according to IMDb, I saw that um, that actually belonged to Roger Daltrey, um, the mansion, according to the trivia. So they were supposedly. I don't know if that's true. See, this is what happens when I don't read IMDb because I figure I know everything about a goddamn movie. But no, 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 I, I've read that too, but I don't know if that's necessarily, you know, hundred percent true. No, I mean, yeah, you never know with IMDb, right? That's that's my point. But I know I read that too. (laughs) Well, it's an interesting tidbit, nonetheless. Well, I also my little my little tidbit that I like about this movie that is true is that Sam Elliott and Catherine Ross met on this movie. Fell in love, got married, and are still married. Oh, you could tell they they were definitely boning behind the their scenes. Their chemistry oh, is their chemistry absolutely. is crackling. Absolutely, crackling. There's this one moment where uh, he's comforting her and he puts his hand on her hip, and I was like, oh yeah, they are boning. Oh, uh huh. They are oh, so. Yeah. You can tell looks like these longing looks in their eyes, like they are, but not just boning though. You can tell that there's more there. Yeah, like there's a he. Keep, a lot of times when he comes up and like and like caresses her and tries to comfort her, he puts his hand on the back of her head in this certain way that you go, that is yes. so damn intimate for an actor to do. Yes, yeah. and keep that kind of eye contact. And I, I'm going, mm-hmm. yeah, they're still together and are huge, long time uh, LGBT and HIV AIDS advocates, like big supporters of both. So mm-hmm. hurrah for them both. That's amazing. I didn't know Bitch. that part. Bitch, steal him away from me, you bitch. <laughs> she is the <laughs> devil. <laughs> but wait a minute. Weren't they, well, 
Just because they were in the same movie doesn't mean they met. I mean, Mark no, they did meet. I, I read enough articles. Cassidy. They met. I can't, well, they, well, it said they fell in love on this set anyway. So. Well, they could have fallen in love, and like I said, yeah, they were both in Butch Cassidy. And their interviews, they said it was this movie. <laughs> Listen to me. What I'm saying is that they were both in Butch Cassidy, but it doesn't mean they shared scenes together and knew That's each true. other on set. You know, but both of them had been like kind of on the these kind of same kind of shows, like Western-type things and movies before this. Yeah. Well, anyway, so it's a love story that bloomed out of this, and it's rare for a Hollywood marriage to last this long, so good for them. Right. And good for supporting our people and good for supporting HIV-AIDS. Good. Thank you. Thank you for that. Exactly. Um, Yeah, okay, so back to the movie. Uh, So, yeah, so they get in this accent. This guy's like, well, come back to my my manor and we'll repair your motorcycle. (laughs) And so they go... (laughs) And when they leave him in the car, it's this middle-aged dude. <laughs> yep, wheezing and has to be helped one foot at a time. No, out no, of the no car. he's like a normal middle-aged dude. Nothing wrong with him. As oh, soon as they oh, get yeah. in that house, they cut back to the car and he's like wheezing and taking pills and like has to be helped out. And he reaches down to pet right. that fucking cat and the hands all old and shit. You're like, whoa, okay, what's happening? What's happening? And yeah, so now they're 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 now pretty much permanent residents of Ravenshurst. Wait, bleh, let me get this out. Ravenshurst Manor. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or it's old and creepy, and nothing good is happening here. No siree, bub. They have to go find Adams to take care. You know, to say, oh yeah, go inside and find Adams. Adams will take care of you. Get you all set up. Someone named Adams. So they have to go find somebody named Adams, who might be a nurse, or might be a cat, <laughs> or a nun, or might be both. No, she's not a nun. That's just a nurse's dress. But yeah. But yeah, I know I, that. It looks like a wimple. You're a wimple. <laughs> That's the costume we're in me. Like I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. But no, so yeah. it's also it's also that secret nun fetish. But that's okay. I Maybe I hate I hate Adams. <laughs> I hate that fucking cat. <laughs> Thank you. My poor cat. One I of the mysteries cats. of the movie is like they, they never explain and never even fully commit to telling you straight out is like that maybe this nurse and the cat are the same person. No, not just her. Everybody that is yeah. a servant. Yeah. Yeah. And Everybody in the that's a cat. town. In the town. Well, I didn't get really? in the town, but at least I, there was one you part. You didn't? Whole, no. There was a part where there, she stumbled across this whole group of cats in the house. And I was like. That's weird. Oh, that's you never right. see these cats all the time before. Oh, because it's the servants. You do oh. listen. Okay. You do. You don't see this group of cats at the same time as you see the servants. You see these like in separate places. And then what I noticed last night when I watched it and I had the sound up is that when they go escape from the mansion on horse. Or whatever. Da, 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 on horses, exactly. And they go into... Sorry, providing the soundtrack. <laughs> they go into town, and they're looking around, and it looks abandoned. They go into Reg's garage. You hear faint cat sounds. It's uh, true. I did hear that today, too, as well. And then all of a sudden... A person appears separately. Yeah. Like, yeah. So you, there's a weird thing going on with cats yeah. and people that they never explain. And they it's okay because explain. it just makes everything creepy. But it's really noticeable with the nurse. They really play games with the nurse. Sure. And you don't ever want to be alone with that cat. Oh, when you're alone with that happens. cat is when people die. That cat's always there to watch you die. The, yeah. the white one. The white one. Uh, but what I noticed with this the two time. two different color during eyes. A scene, during the scene, one of those scenes in the lounge. 
those talkie scenes. Jacques was laying, the French guy was laying down some story and was talking to Maggie about something. And there were portraits in the background and all the women's faces were cat faces. Yeah. I'm it's just in the background. You can barely see it. But I'm like, those are cat women. There's portraits of <laughs> cat women in this lobby. <laughs> and nobody's pointed that out or thinks that's weird. Yeah. Isn't anyway. that just normal? Mm-hmm. So anyway, they find Adams. It's the creepy nurse. She's just like, oh, you can stay here until Mr. Mount Olive has your vehicle repaired. It will be overnight because you're not in New York anymore, whatever the hell she says. Whatever. They're basically stuck here and they're not going anywhere. We were looking for someone named Adams. Well, I'm Nurse Adams. And you must be Mr. Danner. Would you come up, please? This is your room, Miss Walsh. We'll find something suitable for Mr. Danner. Uh, just a minute. There must be some mistake. Yes. We're just staying for a cup of tea. Oh, I was told your motorcycle was beyond repair. No, it isn't. No, we'll get it fixed. In the meantime, we're going to rent a car. Oh. Well, you won't find one locally. There's a garage in town. Oh, Miss Walsh, you're not in Los Angeles now, you know. Hardly anyone in these parts has cause to hire a car. But Mr. Mount Olive's chauffeur said he'd take you into the village tomorrow. They'll look after you there. Everything closes early at this time of year. If this room isn't your liking, we can find you another. Rough it for the night. So they bone, because that's what you're going to do. That's what I'd do if Sam Elliott was there. If I'm in a manner with Sam Elliott, you've got to bone him now because he might be dead any minute. <laughs> I love his nude I mean, scene in the fair. shower suit because it's totally superfluous. <laughs> It really is. It's a scene that would normally happen with a woman in a kind of a movie like this. <laughs> right. It's a nice inversion of, of that kind of trope. Uh-huh. Because there's no point then, for any of this happening. Skim's getting scalded. And also the water pressure in that shower for the UK. Very impressive. I've yeah. been there. Normally it's like... I know. Exactly. You're right. And and the thing is, is that I think maybe why I always forget about Sam Elliott's ass in this scene is that I'm always concentrated, and it goes back to when I was a kid and saw this, and that hot shower thing freaked me out where I couldn't get out of the shower because that's such a realistic thing you can see happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, basically what happens is exactly what Vanessa says. They bone. Sam Allen goes to take a shower afterwards. He gets trapped in the shower, and the water turns to scalding. Ah, hot son of a bitch! And he has to break through the glass door to get out. Ah! Yeah, that's and he cuts himself and he keeps yelling at her. Look out of the glass. Look out of the glass. And he's walking around hearing crunch, 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 crunch. I'm like, he's a manly man. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I can step on broken glass because I'm Sam Elliott. I'm so macho. That hairy pilt of, of chest hair just really protects him is what, what's happening. It's like. Arm Stop. Arm. It's all in Stop. the power of the mustache. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you for bringing that up. But meanwhile, all of a sudden, like, whoa, there's a helicopter arriving. There's all these other people showing up. Yeah, we got we got quite a, an assortment of uh, of people from the Rocky Horror Picture Show to um, Charles Gray. Thank you, thank you, yes. thank you. The narrator. No, the narrator. Mr. Bond, I expect you to die. To die. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> he he basically uh, works as Basil Exposition in this. Yes, oh, yeah. yes. Uh, well, to to quote Austin Powers, not so much Basil, maybe more like Adolf Exposition. Well, yeah, well, Adolf von Exposition That is more accurate. I mean, he was decorated by Hitler before the end of the war. Twice! So. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Twice, I know. Uh, and they just seem so perfectly okay with it. Everybody uh, is so nonchalant. <laughs> yeah, everybody's like, 
<laughs> all these new guests are like awful rich people. Awful, awful Euro trash rift people. Awful. One after the other. One's worse than the other. It's just like old times. Who is that up there? Hello, handsome. Another gift from Jason, darling. Uh, when is the American due? Uh, she's here already, sir. Already? Yeah, but she hasn't been up to see him yet, though. I really wouldn't know, sir. And who is the handsome young man? Apparently, he is the young lady's friend, madam. <laughs> he came with her? Bad luck for Maria. Just obnoxious yes. and snooty and just so pleased with themselves. You're like, oh, gross. They're all awful. And then there's Maggie. And there's Maggie. And everyone's acting like Maggie's supposed to be there. Like, oh, we're so excited to meet you. We've heard so much about you. And she's like, uh, we just had an accident. And people will back it up. Like, oh, 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 like the chauffeur told us on the way over. Everyone's very excited to meet Maggie, but not Pete. He shouldn't be there. They keep saying over and over and over and over again. He's right. the uninvited guest. <laughs> the only one who's excited to see him is Maria, the, the prostitute. <laughs> or the madam, yeah. I should say. She's the hostess of the world. She is. And she a champion is. swimmer. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Not a champion uh, breath holder, though. No. No, no, no. But Will, it's not. Sorry, Okay, go. that is the scene that traumatized me as a child. Thank you. Because. To this day, Vanessa, to this day, Vanessa, whenever I am swimming in a pool by myself. No, why would you? It comes into my head just why it would pops you? into my no. head like wouldn't that be awful if you're swimming underwater like you are right now and you try to break the surface of the water and you just can't no i, I just terry why don't you explain this... to the listeners what's going on yeah in this pool scene <laughs> before so... i unload my childhood trauma <laughs> so we have a maria swimming in in this in she's doing all these acrobatic things under the water and then she pauses at the bottom and then pushes herself up and all of a sudden it's like there's glass above her and she can't get out. And she drowns horribly and it, it actually is pretty pretty gruesome to be perfectly honest. Uh-huh. uh-huh. And I can understand I can understand how this would traumatize a kid because um, I was traumatized by Jaws as a kid and mm-hmm. to the point that I didn't like swimming in a pool on my back. Um, now, granted, um, this was yeah. in Alaska in an indoor pool. Kids who are not of the 70s do not understand that Jaws yeah. could be anywhere. Yeah. It could, even in Alaska. Jaws could in be in a sink. Pool. He could be in the toilet. He could be anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> no, that that's exactly it. Jaws had already kind of gotten to me. And then I had two horrible experiences taking swimming lessons. One time I nearly drowned. And oh, my gosh, me too. And Mm. then all of a sudden I saw this movie and I couldn't have been more than eight years old. And (laughs) and this scene comes up and just to this day, I am great at a, you know, whole, you know, floating on my back in a backstroke, you know, doggy paddle, whatever. But I cannot because I will not hold my breath underwater. I just I cannot. I have a block. I understand. Because I'm terrified of this movie. I understand. And what I love about this scene, too, is that you're getting her bird's eye view from under the water every now mm-hmm. and then. And who's sitting on the stairs watching? The white cat. Yep. Yep. That fucking cat is there whenever somebody dies. <laughs> Except one. watching. Except one, then, which we'll get into. But then you have the chauffeur. 
Oh, I love the show for with his best. He showed up on set like, my mustache is great. Oh, Sam Elliott's here. Fuck. fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and he gave him the stink eye the rest of the time. He did give him the stink eye. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> mustache and <laughs> He showed, I guess, they, they, he first showed up and he caught him from the side. I'm like, oh, look at that mustache. No, oh, we're going to be mustache <laughs> off, isn't there? And there was. <laughs> that was a beautiful thing to happen. You know, but but before her death, when when uh, when Peter is watching her swim um, mm-hmm. from the balcony, I I started I started realizing this last time that I kind of really dig their relationship, Peter and, and Maggie, because she comes out and she's like, what you doing? He's like, just browsing. And she kind of slightly smiles, but she doesn't seem bothered by it. She doesn't seem mm-hmm. jealous. They just yep. have like this comfortable sexuality between them and they just know that he might be looking, but it's not going to bother her. And she actually looks, too. Yeah, she does. Thank you. I, I that's one thing I love too. And then it's like very clear that they're like, he's obviously very thinks she's very hot, Maria. And then whatever. And then they both kind of give each. Then both he and Maggie give each other this look and like whatever. And they smile and kind of laugh and walk off together. Yeah, they leave and arm probably, in arm. And probably go bone later, you know, in another <laughs> few minutes in the closet. Well, had people knows. not stopped, if people had not started dropping dead, they probably would have. But no, right. Maria had to go and spoil everything. They didn't even serve dinner yet. Damn it, Maria. I know. Yeah, so now people start to die. And now that Maria's dead, they get call- Maggie gets called up to see Jason Manalo, the guy whose house this is, see him up in his room. She's like, oh, okay. She goes up to the room, doop-a-doop-a-doop, and it turns out everybody's there. But it's not like a bedroom or anything. It's this, like, extreme hospital room. <laughs> Like extreme, like something from space. Like there's like a whole light system going on. <laughs> Shit, it's like serious business. It's like NASA. They walk. She walks into a NASA room, except it's yes. the planets. It's X-rays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's like, "Uh, what's going on?" Everyone's like, "Shut up, sit down." And she's like, "Wait, but I don't think it's supposed to be here." And the nurse is like, "I said, shut up and sit down, bitch." And she's like, "Oh, okay, sorry." <laughs> and the scary voice starts talking. And I'll play the audio. <laughs> somebody reading their will and she's confused she's like uh the guy i met downstairs was like young and healthy so i don't know who this person is and the person behind all the plastic sheets is telling her to come see him come to him come let me see you margaret let me see you margaret come closer come closer and then he has the most gnarly uh nails 
uh, ooh, ooh, <laughs> and crustiness. Ooh, His hands are so crusty. Somebody needed a manicure. Adams, do your job. Do your job. <laughs> He's giving the man a manicure. There's nothing you're going to be able to do with that face that we see later, but at least trim the motherfucker's nails. But no, he, she sits down, and this clippy-claw hand comes gr- grabbing her arm and then grabs her little hand, and then this other clippy-claw hand jams a ring on her finger, and she's screaming, and she looks inside, and who did it? We don't get to see who did it, but it's enough to make her pass the fuck out. <laughs> now. That's true. And I was like, shut up, bitch. You got jewelry out of this. What's your problem? <laughs> can, I, can I point out something about the rings? Yes. Absolutely. So what do you notice about the rings? Uh, Tell me. The same symbol at the bottom of the pool? Yes. Okay, that's part of it. it's a raven? Yeah, but what else? Uh, I don't know. Do you know what stones are on the rings? No, I don't. No, I don't. They're opals. Now, some people say opals are bad luck. However, unless it's your birthstone. Hmm. However, magically, it can be used as a talisman and to gain, you know, through telepathy, you uh, gain something that is for profit, but through telepathy. Oh. Oh, well, that sounds perfectly in line with what's going on here because everyone's very excited that this has all happened now because now we are six. Jacques yes. actually says that. Now we are six. And I said, are you going to start reading Winnie the Pooh poems right now? Because that would be awesome. <laughs> Nobody? 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 No, Nobody gets that sorry. joke? Okay, I'll be over here by myself. <laughs> sorry. I mean, ha, 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 ha. No, it was a whole book of Winnie the Pooh poems called Now We Are Six. It's supposed to be for your sixth birthday. I don't birthday. think I was allowed to read that. Oh, because he didn't have pants? <laughs> no, I, I don't know. I My dad was too Well, your mom's here. You can ask her. <laughs> my... My mother, the clown? No. Um, <laughs> no, my, no, literally, she is actually a clown. But aside from that, no, my dad was too busy reading me Edgar Allan Poe, so I didn't get... Oh, to. okay. Um, that's, I got the weird um, stuff. Um, 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 yeah, sorry. Okay, oh, no, that's fine, that's fine. <laughs> and this is the first mention we hear of the six. And she's like, what six? What are you talking about? Nobody ever answers her fucking questions. Where does Jason Mount Olive fit in? The five of us... Oh, Jason, everything. And in return, we run his businesses. When he calls us, we come. As you did. But we just met him today. Yes, and now that you are here, we are six. You know what that means? The six? What does it mean? The six what? And so it's the next day and everyone's in shock and they're told they can't leave because the police have been there and have taken away the body. And they need them to be there for investigations. And Sam and I, it's like, um, I didn't see no police. Maggie, did you see any police? I didn't see any police. We're leaving. They can talk to us in town. And we know from the night before that her body was just unceremoniously dumped in the river nearby. So no. we know that ain't no police coming. No, 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 no. And if they do, it'll be the cat police. <laughs> it'll be, yeah, exactly. Can you imagine? <laughs> They should show up and they're all cats. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, I have this. Hello, hello, what's this? <laughs> this insane image in my head. Um, uh, swinging their tails like billy clubs. It'll be great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. <geez. laughs> um, 
Oh, I was just gonna say this is when we have the they're try they try to escape and it's like the the it's where the air goes out of the movie. It's the entire second act, pretty much. It's this very long sequence of them trying to escape, and it just goes on and on and on and on and on and on and on. It was, first, they their escape into town. Then it's them, you know, oh, that's really long. And then, oh, they steal the car back from the chauffeur who ditched them. Oh, and then they had. Then we discover that all roads lead back to Ravenhurst. But you get the classic Sam Elliott line of, "I have a feeling we took the wrong road." The same road. (laughs) And they're kind of like, with his like little like weird kind of dark chuckle he has. Yeah. Yeah. He has a few of them. Like when she almost gets run over by the truck. Exactly. And his. his They cut to his face. He's just like, total comedy, total slapstick comedy face. (laughs) I mean, granted, my mother and I were drinking a bottle of wine last night while we were watching this movie. Add a girl. That's what you do. Yeah. But we were at that scene, and neither one of us could stop laughing it's at his exp- facial expressions during that scene. They just kind of like escalate to when you know when she's driving. You're just like, oh my god. Well, and also because he's goes kind of like implying that it's because she's a woman. Yeah, that is I let true. the woman that drive, so this is not happening. So she finally lets him take the reins, and it doesn't work any better. But still, it's a really long, long, long sequence that we got the point of a long time before. Yeah. Uh, so this this part. Seeing this for the first time kind of, it well, it obviously kind of bored me to tears Yeah, at, at this point. Because, like, instead of instead of focusing on character development and introducing the kind of mystery and, and all the other characters that we just barely met, we spend 15, 20 minutes just riding around the countryside. And it just that kind of... And got the Well, truthfully, I feel like you could have had this, but... Five minutes tops. Yeah, right. That's, well, and I, you I mean, know, and just to give it, just to give it an idea of, no, you can't get out of here. All roads lead back. Yeah, and trapped. And, I mean, you, I mean, because ultimately the car just won't start, and that's what makes them give up. And yeah. So, like, I, I, I agree with you. I feel that if they had just reduced that amount of time and actually spent the rest on actual plot, this probably would have been a, a better section. Yeah, because everyone else in the ca- in the cast is meat. We don't really know much about them at all. They're just there to die spectacularly in 1978 fashion. Oh, and for, we for, totally forgot to mention, I mean, you brought him up, but we didn't mention in the cast is Roger Daltrey from The Who. Well, hooray for Hollywood. Hi, Maggie. I'm Clive. Hi. I was just trying to get up my nerve to go meet everybody. Well, come on then. I'll hold your hand. How did you know my name? Harry told me about your accident. Are you okay now? Oh, yes. Mr. Mount Olive picked us up. Did he now? I'll take the things up to your usual room, sir. Come on, Maggie. Come and meet the rest of the pack. Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> Who is at least one of the more interesting of the obnoxious rich people that are there. He's a uh-huh. different flavor. Yeah, that's true. Well, Fort, they get back. They, they give up. You know, they finally give up the car. And like she, Maggie's just like, well, fuck it. We're going to can't stand outside all day. We might as well go inside. But it's just in time for dinner. Coincidentally, it's true. And she at dinner, she asks them about if she just point blank asks, are you involved in black magic? <laughs> Which in, in the movie, it makes sense. But in just real life, can you just imagine going to a dinner party and being like, are you involved in black magic? Yeah. Yeah. Because that's what yeah. she just had this argument yeah, with Sam Elliott after this whole thing with the car. <laughs> when all roads keep leading back to leading back to Ravenhurst. She's like, I think there's some kind of black magic going on. She's like, oh, Maggie, there's no black magic going on. That was my worst Sam Elliott impression ever. I, I don't have it. the mustache to buffer the voice properly. 
So at least they, it forever. doesn't come out of the blue, but she point black, point black asks Jacques, the big hotel guy, are you guys dabbling in black magic? And he's like, um, yeah, you could call it that. I want to know if you're involved in black magic, the occult. Uh, if you'd like to call it that, yes. <laughs> so you, dearie. Don't look like that. It's just another way of life. I mean, we don't ride around on broomsticks or anything. <clears throat> We've got helicopters, and Rolls Royces. It's quite nice, really. <clears throat> Excuse me. Clive likes to treat everything with the same shell of humor. I must tell you it is a serious matter. The power is not granted indiscriminately. The power. <clears throat> Jack's so pompous. Forget it and enjoy it. <clears throat> Here's where it's at. <coughs> the old boy's gonna die. <coughs> and we're here to bury him. And then Roger Daltrey's just like, oh, it's just another way of life. <laughs> and then I like that he makes a comment about how they don't fly around on broomsticks. They have helicopters or Rolls Royces. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it, gosh, and I wish I could remember the line. This is stupid. This is a stupid Joss Whedon line from from Buffy the Vampire Slayer when they, they were talking to the uh, somebody was talking to the uh, the Wiccan Club at the school, and she's like, "Sure, and then we can all climb on our broomsticks and fly around on our brooms." <laughs> but yes, Which but, I totally get from personal experience, but that's just I, me. I'm sure that. Uh, but he's so yeah, uh, Clive Barker, uh, Clive Barker, not Clive Barker. His name is Clive in the movie, but Roger Daltrey's gay. He's like, oh yeah, we're totally witches, and we're just here to bury this old jerk, because then we're gonna get all his power. And the story, it's great. It's the coolest way to live. And as he's telling this, he's starting to go. <laughs> he's getting a little, you know, a little fakakta in his throat. A little choked up. Which turns into a lot of fakakta. <laughs> Which turns into a whole big thing. And what I think is gruesome about this scene is that there's no music. No, there, there's not. It's actually uh, another kind of gruesome scene watching him kind of struggle there. His performance is terrifying because yeah. he's choking to death. He's choking to death and his face is frozen, but he's actually turning blue and it doesn't look like makeup. No. And and his eyes, he's just like looking at them and he's like, I, there's nothing we can do. And it's just it's so tragic and, and actually pretty terrifying. <laughs> I'm calling the nurse. What is it? What's the matter? Get the water. Clive, here. Here, drink it. And that high-pitched whistle is the only sound yeah. it can make. I'm like, that is so fucking gruesome. <laughs> That's This is what my mother had to cover, like, turn away from. Yeah, and then you get a nice close-up shot of an emergency tracheotomy. Right. Which is not as bad as it is. I've, I just, it used to really gross me out, but I watched it with my eyes peeled open. This, I'm like, it's actually really not as bad as I think it is. No. But, but it's when really you're real caught up more, in the moment, it's really bad. But it's really more Roger Daltrey's performance that sells it, I feel. Yeah. 
He yeah. sells the severity of this kind of incident. People pick on him in this movie. They're like, man, he can't act at all. It's like, I don't know about the rest of the movie, but in this scene, this particular yeah. moment, he sells the shit out of it. Absolutely. Really I, I am terrified for this poor man. Even if he's a, he's a servant of the Black Arts, whatever. He, it's horrific. It's a horrific death. And the nurse performs an emergency tracheotomy and removes a chicken bone. And she Which, seems, for the only time in the movie, genuinely shocked. You got a nice touch, nurse. Now why don't you go call the police? And this time I want to talk to them. There's a bone. It only got seconds to live. Are you going to call the police or do you want me to? Mr. Denner, why don't you go to your room? You're very overwrought. I'll take care of everything. I'd say you'd already taken care of everything. She seems surprised yeah, I, by this, and I realized the cat didn't see this. The cat wasn't around for this. She was in another room, but the cat wasn't around for this. You saw, you saw Jason Mount Olive peeking through the curtains. Or getting angry. Hands. Yeah. Someone's yeah you, hands saw the, you saw the creepy wheezing. hand, like he started to get really angry, and that's when he started to choke. I'm like, oh, like Jason did this one without her okay first. He didn't run this by her first. <laughs> so she actually but, was genuinely shocked by this death. But did you notice in the scene or whatever before this, you have in the kitchen the foreshadowing of the cook cutting up the chicken. Okay. And, yeah, and, and the nurse the, 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 the nurse, nurse putting out the cutlery with a giant knife, yeah. No, what is the nurse reading? Oh, I don't know. Oh, it was like this Nursing made, Weekly or something, wasn't it? It was Nursing Times, which, okay, cracked me up in a dark, <laughs> dark way, especially when I saw that it was like, it was the ventilator issue. Oh, <laughs> see, so oh, it's no. all right there. It's all right there. That's so funny. Yes. All the pieces yes. were right there. But she does but actually was, seem genuinely shocked. It's the only time that this woman shows any emotion. Yes, though. I hate her. I hate her so much. She's so fucking stuffy and British. I just want to knock her down a flight of stairs twice because the first time doesn't work, apparently. But we're not there yet. <laughs> and so this is all shocking and horrible. And it's the really f people like, well, it's just a tragic accident. Except what's weird about the fact that he choked on a chicken bone, guys? Ham and pate is all that he ate. He didn't have the chicken. So. No, a moment that is 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 uh, definitely focused on where Carl's like, and what did she eat <laughs> in his most Rocky Horror Picture Show voice? Mm -hmm. And she's like, ham and some pate. And he's like, no chicken. He choked on a chicken bone. And she's like, no, <laughs> no. Maria's death was no accident. Expert swimmers do not hit their heads on the bottom of the pool. And what about Clive? You served him at dinner. Do you remember what he ate? Ham. And some pate. No chicken? No. You choked on a chicken bone. No. Yes. <laughs> like, yes, bitch, you were there. <laughs> you know what's up. Don't even try to front. I just want to backtrack for a second here. What I love is that you've got this this ensemble of like obnoxious rich European people, and I want to focus on Barbara for a minute. Barbara, who is the uh, she's a publisher of some kind, multi-million dollar publisher. And oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody's dressed to the nines, and they have this woman who's supposed to be representing the top of European society in a plaid muumuu. Thank you. I'm like, what are you wearing? <laughs> <laughs> I need to pay attention more to dress, apparently. She's, she's I, giving I, that I whole speech about Jason can fulfill all of your dreams. I have known Jason for 25 years. I love him deeply. 
And I trust him totally. Jason will give you such wealth. He will fulfill every whim, every fancy, every dream. He's a wonderful, wonderful man. When he gives you gifts, I tell you, accept them. Enjoy them. Trust Jason. But your ultimate dream was to be in this movie to plan Moo. What are you doing, Barbara? <laughs> okay. You? Something I have to point out about the costuming as a former costumer myself, but also this is just a practical thing of they, how do they have, how do Pete and Maggie have as many wardrobe changes as they do? I know that Maggie borrows that dress at, yeah. like at the end. And they had their luggage. They had their luggage. They, no, they brought the they luggage did, in. How, they, they're too bulky to be in there. Sam Elliott, he has another pair of shoes, that big bulky sweater, corduroy pants, okay? Catherine Ross is at least wearing the same jeans, or you could you could argue the same jeans. She's got a different sweater and a different shirt. It's, it's all light stuff. It's got, not bulky stuff like his stuff. His stuff, though, is bulky. And like I said, another pair of shoes entirely. Well, he might have been able to carry some stuff in his chest hair. Just, you know, roll it up. That and is stuff a it valid, in. valid point. Or but his that's mustache, something either. that I, when I was watching it last <laughs> night, it just bothered me. I was like, what? Okay. what do you, no, that's not, that's not realistic. Even when you pack it this certain way. <laughs> just, Witchcraft. I guess. Witchcraft. Because they were also Witchcraft. supposed to have picnic <laughs> items in there, too. So, I mean, just think about it. <laughs> It's like a clown car. Okay, okay. Yes, they did have that lovely picnic in the montage at the beginning. It was it was a Mary Poppins. Okay, thank you for explaining it to me, Terry. (laughs) (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) I mean, maybe it was the first hint that there's black magic involved. You know, they just have magically this bag that gives them any kind of clothes they want. Yeah. Or we could talk about the stupid portrait plot line. Yeah, I okay. I, I've watched this three times in the last month and a half, and I don't. I still don't quite understand what the point of no, that I mean, this, is. I mean, this is based on a book, and I've read the book as well, and even it seems forced in the book that— Oh, does it? There's a, port, one, there's a portrait that's in one of the, the study or whatever that's been covered this whole time, but now it's not all of a sudden. She gets the—Carl, uh, Rocky Horror, shows it to her, and it's a portrait of, you know, one of the former ladies of the manor. Margaret Walsh. Margaret Walshingham. And it looks exactly like her. And what a surprise. She's wearing the exact same dress <laughs> that she's wearing right now. And she was given a selection of dresses to pick. And she picked that dress and that necklace. Mm-hmm. She picked my dress. And, <laughs> and I've thought about this a long time. And I'm like, is it supposed to be a reincarnation? I'm like, well, okay. We'll talk about this more at the end when we get to what's going on. But. But it's still weak. Yeah. But this part with the portrait, I'm like, could you have given, because it looks exactly like her right now. You couldn't have changed anything <laughs> yeah i mean in in a, in a way like it kind of made me chuckle because i kept thinking back to uh scary movie 2 where uh where anna ferris's character sees the portrait of herself in the and she there's cats in there too and i was like oh i wonder if they got some of that from from here as well very possible very possible but yeah yeah that, so now that, that, that we're in, introduced this possible laugh. like reincarnation theme that she's been she's more involved in this that she's thought that she's not a random person that just happened to be here that she was always supposed to be here it's finally starting to dawn on her that this has all been orchestrated and 
you know, they, they keep saying everyone, you know, we're all beholden to Jason. All who wear the ring are beholden to Jason. She's like, I'm not. I don't know him. She's like, yes, you are. If you wear the ring. Yes, you are. I'm like, OK, well, this actually makes sense. If this means that somehow she's been beholden all her life without even knowing it somehow. The six who wear the ring are all beholden to Jason. I'm not. You must be. What brought you here? Work. A job. Mm-hmm. Who gave you the job? You know, Barbara, this is really a lot of bull. Nobody brought me here. Mm, you're right. No one expected you. Then maybe that's why she's a success as an architect? All these other things that came to her in her life that she didn't know about was through <laughs> Jason Van Olive knowing who she was and bestowing it on her anyway? Who knows? Right. Well, and, and before Carl uh, gets burned to a crisp, uh, he does give, again, more... Stop, drop, and roll, Carl. Carl. <laughs> right? Crispy Is that Carl. a crueler? <laughs> he, uh... Oh. <laughs> oh, no. It's a kraut. Sorry. <laughs> I'm just going with awful <laughs> alliteration. I can't help it. That was a horrible <laughs> joke. Horrible joke. Anyway. <laughs> but he... He gives the whole exposition of basically how uh, Margaret was born here when she was her age, surprisingly. She was dragged from the house and burned at the stake by orders of Queen Elizabeth. And then she was succeeded by her illegitimate son, Jason Montalive. And he had a ceremony of last light, inherited all of her power, and it's been in the family ever since. As he hands her the book before he ends up. Yeah, I know, by the way, here's this book that you happen to write. <laughs> this will tell you everything that I just didn't cover for the audience. Why I'm evil and so that, can you by Margaret Walsh. The convenience of that and all of a sudden, whatever, a scene or two later, where it's all of a sudden all those clippings are there about all the instances, whatever, that happened yeah, with this. Well, Carl had said all that shit up. Yeah. Carl had said all that stuff and was going to tell her that, but he got blown up by the fireplace instead. Which is why, if you're German, you don't need a lot of sauerkraut and standby an open fire like that. It's not a good idea. It's gassy. <laughs> it is. He <laughs> <laughs> really made you go up in flames faster. Uh-huh. And this is the part of the movie that I like, is this is when Sam Elliott freaks out, but it all becomes real for him, because he goes to investigate, because they were in her, th she was, Maggie's in a room with Carl. She leaves the room for five minutes to talk to Sam Elliott, and then Carl's gone. And they keep telling him, they keep telling him, oh, 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 he left. He's gone. He's like, well, he didn't leave because this is the only door out of here and he didn't come past us. And, and what did he do? Go out the window? And we're sitting on the steps talking about how we're, I'm the reincarnation of Margaret and that someone is going to receive his soul to carry forward. I, I, no one came out of this room except for uh, the nurse. Yeah, the cat. favorite person. <laughs> the cat woman. <laughs> uh, yeah, but he goes to investigate what's going on. He's low, he's poking around the grounds, and he finds them like feeding his bones, feeding Carl's bones to the grounds dogs, which is did he flips? What happened? Burn him, Maggie. They burn him to a crisp. Oh. Carl. I mean, I guess it was him. I don't. It had to be him. They cooked him. They cooked him and fed him to those dogs. He comes oh, back it was, and it was a really gooey scene. He's flipped out. He's like, they fed him to the dogs. They burn him up and they fed him to the dogs, Maggie. <laughs> and she's like, who? He's like, I Carl, I think. But he was all 
all burnt up. And, burnt to a crisp. and was, or was that the same litter of dogs, you know, from the Omen? It might as well have been. Uh, Terry, this cat has taken to yeah. hissing at me instead of meowing at me <laughs> when she wants something. What? <laughs> Well, she's figured out now uh, that she's special needs. So if she's if she's making bad noises, I'll come running to see what she's doing to make sure that she's not hurting herself because that's what she does when she's having her seizure. She'll self-harm. Oh, really? Oh, now she realizes whenever she wants anything, I'll come running like a bandit if I, she just hisses. Cats are smart, man. Bitch. <laughs> yep. Yep, she is. Uh, okay, so we barbecued Carl. Is she like a Maine Coon? Or? She is a Maine Coon. Yeah, I had a I had a twenty five pound Maine Coon, and she she would do annoying things to get my attention because huh? she figured out it would work. So I get that. Yeah, good thing I love her. She's right behind me. Is she looking at me? Can you tell? Is she looking? <laughs> I love her very much. <laughs> Help me! <laughs> Help me! <laughs> no, my cat goes running and everything, and my cat has been begging extra because it's like, oh, Grandma's here. <laughs> oh. Mm. <laughs> yeah, no, Carl she's, she's figured. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'll stop. <laughs> Please don't. Please don't. Please don't. It's making me very happy. Uh, yeah, so, so, so Maggie's figuring out that she's more central to this plot than she thought she were, was, and he's trying to tell her, no, 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 everything's fine. No, 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 but no, the more things happen. To, then she finds the, oh, right, she finds the paper clippings. Right, and she finds out that they're dying in ways appropriate to the gifts bestowed upon them. And how they were abused. Right. Yeah, because like, like Carl uh, was acquitted of arson. Maria drowned. Yeah. Uh, and she was a madam when a call girl drowned in her pool. Mm-hmm. Clive gave pills to someone who choked on stage. Um, Barbara apparently stabbed people. She, it was a, in a lover's quarrel. And, but there was nothing on Jacques the hotel man and nothing on Maggie. So we, and there's the people who were left. So they're like, we have to go warn Barbara. Right. Because they think that Jacques is doing it. Jacques thinks Maggie is doing yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, there are ten, what I wish there was more of here. I was wishing it was more of a supernatural Ten Little Indians, but there's really no mystery. No, none at yeah. all. About what's happening, a little bit, kind of, but you know exactly who's doing it or why. But I mean, I just kind of wish it was more of that. But it's not. It's not in the book either. Oh, it isn't. But no, yeah. it's not. The book is pretty much. They pretty much filmed the the book for the movie. It's pretty much identical. So the book have like a hundred pages of them escaping. <laughs> I don't remember. Probably. <laughs> And Kiki D actually would pop out of the book. <laughs> wow. That press press here for Kiki D. The accompanying eight track. Uh, that reminds me of like when I was a kid and they would have these little books and they have a little record that you would play. Yes, absolutely. The book. Maybe turn the page. Turn the page. Did they do that for this? I would love that. Yes. That would have been amazing. I love those things. Those were great. As a geeky little we're not reader. About them. Yes, I would have. I would love that. <laughs> so we go up to Warren Barbara and Barbara's all like, she's like distressed and non-plused at the same time, which is a kind of a weird combination. <laughs> She's like, it why really would anybody was. be doing this? For money? <laughs> Who needs money? <laughs> now, how would he kill Carl? And Clive? And Maria? All of them? And for what? For money? <laughs> Who needs money? <laughs> Who needs money? <laughs> but I'm also terrified. Let's get out of here. Yeah. Yeah, so... The, but the, this is what I love, too, in these movies. They're like, okay, Barbara, you pack your bags. We'll wait for you downstairs. 
Yeah. We're gonna leave We're you gonna alone. Leave you, even though every time I leave someone, they die uh-huh. mysteriously and then vanish. But. We're going to leave you alone. We're going to leave you alone. And what happens 20 seconds after we see the cat and bam, mirror explodes. <laughs> Cuts Barbara to pieces. That damn cat. Uh-huh. That's what it comes down to. Absolutely. Like Uncut. I said, never be alone in the room with that fucking white cat with two different colored eyes. But didn't, didn't, um... Jacques also have two different color eyes. Did he? I don't know. I think he did slightly different greens. I don't know. I didn't pay that much attention to Jacques. He wasn't that interesting for me. But no, I, I did like the scenes too. Like Maggie's waiting downstairs, and I forget Sam Elliott's running around trying to do something, and she's just sitting there waiting, and you start to see drip, drip, drip into the wine glass next to her. Drip, drip. Drip. Not There's just blood drip. dripping from the ceiling from where Barbara got just got shredded from upstairs. It's yeah. This is not a leaky faucet. This is a red drip. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah so the, a, she's torn up enough so that the blood has dripped through the ceiling, has pooled and dripped through the entire ceiling. That was the fastest uh, pooling and dripping through wood that I've ever seen. I mean, is this blood like acid blood? Because, you know, well, you know, you know, you know how you know how they pouring. say, like, you know, like you know, these old houses always need repairs. So it's probably just very worn wood. You know, it's very old. So just. <laughs> <laughs> Black magic. That's all. Black like, magic. You know, we have to alert them downstairs, so we have to do something real dramatic. We have to do something real dramatic to rig them out right now. It's me! It's me! I'm the one! My family's name is Wolfie! Listen to me! Maggie! Maggie! Listen to me! Listen! Listen, honey! Listen to me! It's a name. It's a name. That's all it is. It's just a name. Honey, it isn't you. It isn't you. It's this place. It's these people. And it's just gotten to you. It's gotten to both of us. No. Really, that's all it is. That's all it is. It isn't you. Honey, it isn't. So, yeah, so now everybody knows what's going on. Now there's a big chase at the end, which is kind of boring. Unfortunately, it's kind of a boring finale uh, where uh, Jacques is chasing them around with a a rifle. And he has a crossbow. And Sam Elliott has a crossbow. He, no, come and on. Sam Elliott's a little bit of a badass here. Yeah, I mean, he you does. You have to give does. it to Sam Elliott in that final scene. The showdown. Yeah, it is. I mean, he is a badass. But, you know, after everything that we've seen, and this is kind of a letdown. Okay, sure. Yeah. Except his death was really, was pretty epic. I mean, falling through... The, the ceiling yes. glass <laughs> down into the pool. <laughs> I mean, that was. And pretty, who was waiting there by cool. the side of the pool? Meow. Ex- Meow. <laughs> that damn cat. <laughs> that darn cat. Yep. Ex- well, that's, yeah, that's the Disney version. <laughs> uh huh. <laughs> Yeah, he goes like uh, it's a whole big showdown. You know, Jock's on the roof shooting at them. Uh, Sam Elliott gets shot. Maggie runs out to protect Sam from getting shot. You know, fatally. And what happens? The gun backfires mysteriously. Yeah, just the which you just see the just the opening of the rifle just seals over. <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of like in the in the cartoons where like Elmer Fudd's gun would just explode in his face. Um, but like, it was a special effect out of an episode of Wonder Woman. Yeah, <laughs> 1978. Point. What are you going to do? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. 
I did think it was interesting, though, that um, it almost seemed as if uh, Mount Olive was okay with with Peter dying because like he wasn't going to intervene. But then the moment she throws himself, herself in front of him, he's like, oh, well, I guess I got to stop this yeah. now. No, well, but he, does, he doesn't count. He's the uninvited right. guest. It doesn't matter what happened to him. We tried to get rid of him earlier. He's been nothing but a nuisance so far. Yeah. He's, he's insignificant. So we're not going to interfere until Maggie's in danger. And, and it turns out, yes, she is glass. the one. She is the one that has been selected to receive all of Mount Allah's vast legacy, the power, the glory, and the soul of Margaret Washington. But it, it does make me wonder um, if, if she was part of the family and he knew she was part of the family yeah. and he knew he was going to give her the power, why did he not just kill everybody really quickly? I mean, I guess we wouldn't have a movie. Did we but... have a movie? Where's the fun in that? <laughs> where's the, exactly, I mean, where's the fun in that? This is what Satan wants, I'm sure. Yeah, this is how oh, it goes. It's in the book. It's in the book. It says you, you, pick the, you pick the one out of the six, kill the other five. It doesn't say how. Might as well have a good time while you're doing it. Make them suffer. Be creative. You've had all these years of power and glory. Now you got to pay for them a little bit. Sure. Yeah. You abused it. <laughs> yeah. It's there. I like to. She goes. She she goes back. She leaves him on the on the roof. She's like, "You see, it is me," and marches off into the house. I was like, "Ooh, bitch!" It was such a t- "I told you so" moment. Uh huh. Uh huh. What have I been saying since we got here, mustache man? She goes marching up to to Mount Olive's hospital room, and he's all wheezy, 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 wheezy. Margaret, are you there? Yes. Jacques is dead. I know. Jacques thought you were the killer. It was me. Now, now you find six souls. And when you're dying, kill five. And the sixth will inherit Satan's power. I'm dying, Margaret. Take. And then he's like, now you bind six souls, and when dying, kill five, and the six will inherit Satan's power. Mm-hmm. I'm dying, Margaret, take my legacy. And she's all mellow about this shit now. She's just like, oh, yeah. She's Sorry. looking at his ugly-ass <laughs> face and, like, kissing him and shit. I'm like, oh, gross, gross, gross. He's giving, he's giving Darth Vader a run for his money. With oh, the absolutely. Amazing. Absolutely. I think the but, director was working his way up to that. Right. It was, it was oh, practice. Oh, you're right. For, you're, uh, right. you're right. You're right. I wonder if he's the same sound crew and, and editor. I mean, on both. That it's possible. Be... That, I mean, uh, all those Star Wars things shot in England, so. Right. A lot of those pine Only so many people yeah. over there. Yeah. That's um, true. Yeah, so. And he also tells her that it was him, that he was the right. killer, which everyone is pretty much got. Everyone thought it was Jacques, but it was me. It was me. Like, duh. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't you know, Nurse Ratchet. She needed to hear it, and he, she's just all cool with everything. And like he passes to the power, she hits the floor. Sam Elliott comes in, like I'm the hero, and he's like, "I want to break more glass." Well, before that, he gets into a b- really big fight with uh with, oh. with the nurse. Oh, a that really nurse tries to stop him from going wrestling. to the hotel, that hospital bedroom, and he beats the crap exactly. out of her and throws it down the stairs. I'm like, "Yes, do it again!" <laughs> and all the while, she's making all the cat noises. <laughs> Yeah! <laughs> 
which I love. She's screaming, and yeah, while she's screaming, all is also blended in with cat angry noises. And Smoochie was like, "What are you watching? I do not approve." <laughs> Zora was confused. You've got three hours to turn this off because I'm going to have to get up and do something about it otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, and so yeah, throws her down the stairs, and she's dead. She's all broken and dead. And I was like, yay, she's dead. Hooray, she's dead. And he goes up, and he starts not. smashing everything in the hotel room. In the hotel room. The hospital room. NASA. Picks, NASA. picks up a big block of NASA space shit and, like, bashes it on his stupid head. But it's too late. He already gave her his power. Uh-huh, and she rises up out of the damn smoke. And you're like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> shit got real. Yep. Oh, shit. This is going to get bad. But what I like, there's really not much difference between new Maggie and old Maggie. I know. <laughs> she's just all of a sudden yeah. really centered and really confident for the first time in the movie. She's like, I don't need anybody right now except me. I mean, you can still keep boning me, but. Of course, I'll let you keep boning me for now until I find something better. Amuse right. me. And, I like you well enough. Ring, so, <laughs> yeah. Right. And here's a ring, so you are kind of tied to me, and if you cross me, you're going to be one of the five that dies. Yeah, she's basically yeah, what yeah, I got yeah, from yeah. that. But she's oh, just, it's yeah. great. She's just like walking him downstairs, telling him how everything's great now, and everything's good now, and this is how it's going to be now. And oh, there's a dead cat at the bottom of the stairs. And she pets the cat, and it's not dead anymore. No, of course not. And then she walks into the next <laughs> room, and I love this scene. I love this scene. The whole staff is gathered to greet the new lady of the house. Yep. They all yeah. cur- bow and curtsy to her. I'm like, oh, this is some sick shit. This is some mm-hmm. sick shit. You're all a bunch of devil people, and I love it. And there's, who's there at the end of the line? Nurse Adams. Yep. <laughs> to greet the new lady of the house, give her flowers, and she's crying with happiness. That right, old it's, it's, runny it's like, bitch is crying. I'm like, this is some fucked up shit right here. And they go outside. Right. She it's plants like a universe. She's like, you want a ring, baby? You want a ring? And he's like, uh, if I put this on, I'm not going to be able to take it off, right? <laughs> and she's like, like, nope, you're mine forever. Why don't you put it on and find out? <laughs> <laughs> Am I going to be able to get that thing off? Put it on and see. <laughs> no, baby, it's do- okay. I, this is what I do, what I love, too. Like the do- even, even now that he knows she's evil and he knows what she is, he's still playful with her. He puts the ring on. He just goes... <laughs> You're getting tough to deal with, Slim. (laughs) (laughs) But she completely acknowledges it. I know. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They're still hotter than hell. She's like, okay, you're one of my six now, and that's just the way it is. Maybe you'll be the one I pick. Maybe you won't. We'll figure that out down the line, but now let's bone. He's like, well, you've got all the power now. What are you going to do with it? She's like, keep giving me that that D, and, and we'll see how you how you fare. Uh-huh. Yeah, her <laughs> exactly, response was exactly. I've got the power. Yeah, I know you have. Now, what are you gonna do with it? Then her response was anything I want. <laughs> I was like, yes, girl. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> but I don't know if you caught this because the I only caught this this last time when they're when they're pulling out, they're doing that zoom out from the house, just behind the house. Like, the last thing you can see is, like, this figure rising from the grass. I'm like, what is that? What is that? I rewound it. I'm like, it's a, it looks like a tent. Like, a tent rising out of the ground. I'm like, oh, I see. Her first thing to do while she was evil was to start the Great British Bake Off. What? <laughs> I yeah. did not notice that. I will have yeah, to look totally, at that no, again. No, 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 no. Think about it. Because earlier on, when they're I, first going to the meadow, they drive by a, past a field of cows, which I notice every time because I have to move with the cows. 
This time I noticed, oh, and one of those cows isn't actually a cow. It's actually Noel Fielding in a cow outfit. <laughs> so it's all, it's all there. It's, all, well, it's sure. in my version anyway. Fuck you. Sure. Well, <laughs> well, the Great British Bake Off is evil, and I love it anyway. That's why it's so good. Well, That's why it's so good. We know that <laughs> it is really good, and we know that Sam Elliott doesn't have a soggy bottom. Not yet. <laughs> Not yet he don't. Not yet he don't. He hasn't met me yet. Thank you very much. Hello. So that's the legacy from 1978. I think it's. I mean, for what it is, it's fun. If it's it's a 1978 movie, it's got that pacing problem. But well, it's just a couple places that it definitely has that pacing issue. But I think overall, it's pretty good. I really enjoyed it. Minus. Uh Kind of the second act. I mean, the second act, nothing really happens because they're escaping through most of it. But um, but like other than that, um, I actually really enjoyed this, even seeing it for the first time in 2019. Yeah. Awesome. I love that. I love to hear that because this, this is a movie that's gotten forgotten. That's what I. It has. I hadn't even known about it. But I feel like it's been forgotten, too. And since Patrick, you and I were talking about it and I all of a sudden met someone and it was like. And I said, oh, I'm recording about this movie. You don't know it. And I mentioned it. And he's like, oh, yeah, I love that. And I'm like, what are you talking about? You know this movie? But I feel so many people don't. Yeah. Like a lot. But however, if you mention the swimming pool scene. Yeah. They'll remember it. Yeah. Yeah, because I posted that scene on on uh, YouTube a long time ago. It's one as an ex- when I first covered the show. Because this is the first. I, this is a repeat. Thing. I did a first solo, and I'm revisiting things that I did solo years ago mm-hmm. with guests now, just, mm-hmm. just for other perspective. And I had posted that scene, and so many people were like, oh, my God, thank you for posting this. I have nightmares about this scene, but I never knew what it was from. Yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was, um, I was surprised when I, when, I, when I posted a picture of it. I got a bunch of people saying, what is this? And then a couple people, uh, one of them... Um, who has the the podcast Switchblade Sisters? I can't remember what her name is. Um, mm-hmm. Something Wolf. She she was like, oh yeah, I covered this on my podcast. It's really great fun. But like most people had never heard of it, and I I definitely had never heard of it until you had you had told me about We're it. We're bringing it back. We're bringing it back. We're bringing it back. We're on the cusp oh, yeah. of bringing shit back. Yep. Considering the crap that people like hang on to that they love. When good shit disappears, it makes me sad. Because this is decent. This is really decent. This is one you can watch with your mom. Clearly. Because Vanessa just did. <laughs> <laughs> and someone who's not necessarily a horror person. Exactly. I, like If you love Downton Abbey, if you love British architecture and shit like that, you'll have a field there. Or if you love gothic stories, because this is, right. in effect, in the classic definition of gothic, which is, you know, an innocent young woman in a strange, mysterious house with a big secret. Is the basic definition of gothic. That's the story, except the innocent mm-hmm. girl isn't so innocent. Yeah. Yeah. In this I'm, version. I'm, so. And I'm glad you brought that up because when I was I was looking into this, um, there were four writers, which mm-hmm. you can kind of tell because the tone shifts wildly throughout. Yeah. But um, it, two of the people were credited credited with it, especially, um, I think... Who was it? Yeah, Jimmy Sangster. He got his start writing for, like, Horror of Dracula, Horror of yep. Frankenstein. He did all these... Uh, hammer films and so he like he brought that gothic nature to it and you can you can see that and some of the other one of the other writers was a did a lot of uh tv shows and so you can kind of you can kind of tell in terms of some of the the plotting devices but like it definitely has a gothic heart to it and i think that that comes through from from the writer from one of the writers yeah that's what i like about it and i love that it has the ball and i know that this is would drive a lot of modern audiences nuts is that they don't explain things like the cat nurse 
Well, all of the There's cat not a whole backstory to why she's a cat and a nurse and a nurse and a cat. Like, what's going on there? Well, just, just all get of it. the They're people. They're familiars. I get it. Yeah. They're just familiars. Mm -hmm. It's what witches have. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. All right. So I think that's a legacy. I think we've done it. You too? Yes. Yay. All right. So remind everybody, where can they find out more about, well, where can they find Gaily Dreadful? I mean, obviously, it's Gaily Dreadful, but just tell them where they can find it anyway. In your own words, God damn it, I'm just going to put my head down. And <laughs> uh, uh, listeners, he really is putting his head down. Uh -huh. uh, the, the camera even got uh, tilted a bit. Um, no, <laughs> you can find me at uh, GailyDreadful.com. And then um, I also tweet an awful lot on on Twitter at Gailey Dreadful. So you can find me there. And Vanessa, where can people find out more about you? I am at my, well, I'm in Legion Podcast is where you can find the VD Clinic podcast. Um, anytime you Google whatever VD Clinic, make sure you put podcast after it. Just yeah, <laughs> you, you, I did clarify. that once the wrong way. I got weird emails for a really long time. Right, right. But <laughs> really my own time. Twitter and um, where you can also find out when I do guest spots, which I actually have a lot of guest spots coming up. I'm so popular. Meow, meow, meow. Please continue. No. Hey, <laughs> it's it's a quota thing is what I'm joking. They just want a woman during an October for horror <laughs> oh, okay. to talk to. Oh, well, all right. <laughs> anyway, so I'm, I'm joking about that. But <laughs> I'm at Nitty Monkey Girl, which is K-N-I-T-T-Y-G-R-R-L. Wait, no, sorry, I can't spell out loud. It's been a long time. You know day. what? I'll put it in the show notes. All right, thank you both for joining me for this trip through Black Magic. Thank you for spending the night with me in creepy Ravenhurst Manor. Thank you also so much for helping out with the Potathon and for helping out the kids at New Alternatives. That means so much to me. This is a cause that is near and dear to my heart, and which is why I put the extra mile in putting all these shows together and stuff. So it's not just a button begging for donations. And it, it means a lot that you both have shown up and did double duty by coming back twice <laughs> to fix what we fucked up the first time. Absolutely. Go donate. Yes, absolutely. Help save some people. And uh, one more thing before we go. I have one more thing to say to you. Yeah. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. <laughs> So that, my beautiful, beautiful scrimmers, is going to wrap up another episode of the Potathon. My thank you to Vanessa and Terry. Go check out the VD Clinic podcast and the Gailey Dreadful blog. They're both super duper fabulous, and they're both super duper fabulous people. Thank you for joining me, to both of you, both of you. And I'm just happy you, listener, are there right now. Because if you're there right now, that means you got you you got the episode for whatever means. Please. In addition to donating, which we'll get to in a minute, please spread the word. If you know people who are going, where's the Potathon? What happened to Scream Queens? Let them know that it's you can get every episode on the Radio Public app. I know for certain every episode has come out there. Some of the other places it's been spotty. Everything bleeds off of iTunes, right? So if iTunes is fucked up, everything else gets fucked up. And until the iTunes things is fixed, just keep telling people, you can find what's happening at Radio Public. This is a devastating blow. Not only to the Potathon and to the donations, but to my just like my to, to my core. It's like I, I 
it's really hard to summon up the energy to go on because I literally I'm talking to the ether right now. I mean, that's normally what you do in a podcast, but really, for the most part, nobody's not enough people are getting the word. And it's hard to push on, but I will push on. I will push on. And if you haven't donated, please do. Head on over to bit.ly slash sqpodna to donate at the new alternative site. Bit.ly slash fb sqpod to donate on Facebook. Get those links in the show notes. Get your merch at bit.ly slash spooky smooch. And just continue being fabulous. Uh, tomorrow, we're going to be joined by... The folks over at Musicals Taught Me Everything. We're going to talk about the 1981 Lauren Bacall slasher movie, The Fan. The one I almost killed Scott the Seder with a few years back. And it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. And hopefully we'll have some answers tomorrow. I don't know how much longer I'm going to be able to do it like this. I mean, do you hear my voice? Do you hear like the desperation in my voice? This is awful. This is awful. But until tomorrow, my beautiful, beautiful screamers continue to make the world a creepier place and never ever forget the Scream Queen's golden rule. Patrick, you're talking to yourself right now. Listen, fight or flight, survive the night, make it to the final reel. See you tomorrow. All of the music for tonight's show, unless otherwise specified, has been written by Sam Haynes. You can find all of his music at www.bandcamp.com. Bitches! <laughs>